Remember when I said I was ready? <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. Oh, wait a second. Now I got to check this thing with Jodie Whittaker. Who's Jodie Whittaker? She's the, the white woman from uh, the movie. Oh, well, what do you mean you got to check the thing with her? Well, I thought she was in my favorite. She is. I did not know the white woman from the entire history of you as the new Doctor Who. The white woman from the entire history. It's my favorite episode of Black Mirror. It's the one with the grain. The one with the grain, Joan, that 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 tapes everything. And dude kept keeps talking to his wife, and she keeps lying about. I haven't seen that one. Have somebody ever told me? How have you not seen the entire history of you? Everybody tells me about that one. I haven't. It, that's it's the best episode of Black Mirror. I've taught it like ten times. It's. It, I can't say. I, I, I guess feel I feel like we need to stop taping <laughs> and go watch and it. go watch the entire history of you. It is so good. It, it is one of the best things I've ever seen in science fiction. Really, like, I've heard good things about that episode. It, it is everything science fiction should be. It is everything about technology and the implications of technology that, like, like it is some Rod Serling level. Really, the entire his. First of all, you know I love Black Mirror. No, I like I love the show too. This is the best episode of Black Mirror. <sighs> okay, all three seasons. I'm not. I'm not. not I can't dis- disagree because I haven't seen that one. I believe you haven't seen because I haven't seen them all. Why have you not seen them all? Because I just haven't seen. I, I I've been jumping around. Come on, all the dumb. No, no, you need to watch <laughs> all the dumb. Sh- I watched a lot of good. I'm sorry, but you are really mad at me. I am really mad at you. Like I, actually, this is the second season, isn't it? It is right, right. Uh, no, it might be the. I mean, you know, it's only three episodes in the first couple of seasons, right? Like it's only six episodes in the British run, right? And well, six episodes and then the Christmas special, and then the Christmas special, right? So, and you you watch both seasons of the American version. Has it been two seasons? Yeah. There's only been one season. No, 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 no. This past joint, the joint Black Museum was this season with Letitia Wright. And I didn't see that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, no. No, I haven't. No, no. no I haven't seen them all. I haven't seen them all. It's, I can't, Dude, I you're can't, actually fucking up right now. I, I get busy, man. Uh, no, I understand that, but but it, look. I get busy and then I get, pulled in, I get pulled into other stuff. I mean, and also, like, Black Mirror is like a deep cut joint. So, like, oh, it is. So, it's one of them joints that I'll, I want to watch when I'm sitting down. True. And can focus. Absolutely. And you can't do anything else because the, the, once you watch one of them, you're done for the evening. Right. Like, and, you need to go sit somewhere and, and think. Exactly. About technology. Exactly. In the future. And, and, and usually what when I'm watching TV, I'm doing something else. Dude. You need to watch the entire history of you tonight. I like, can't. No, I can't. I have to edit this, and I have to edit okay. um, Gutter Talk. Okay, and and tomorrow is tomorrow. Is, I ha- is the triples or no? Tomorrow is Wednesday, but tomorrow I have a board of directors meeting for Philly Cam. Oh, la di da. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I got elected to the nice. board of directors. Yes, la di da, and ho di da. You gotta watch the entire history of you, though. Well, like you have to. After tomorrow, okay. I um, I am on leave from my job. Okay, so I will have time 
Well, they're one and done's. So okay. I watched the the entire history of you, and then that'll be well. Maybe it'll be my Sunday. And like the thing about me and you is that we're men of a certain age. We're in committed relationships. It won't hit you as hard. But like for a person who's dating Mm -hmm. and, and, and sort of dating and this technology is integrated in their social life, Mm -hmm. it is devastating. Really? Like I've been in a room because, because like I teach it. So like I've been in a room of 19 year olds and had people shaking. Hmm. Like, it, it really is that good. Okay. My favorite episode of Black Mirror. I ain't even start to time mess around you. Because I figure all this is going on. Like, I, I, like, like you've been cursing like a sailor. Well, you really threw me for a loop that you hadn't seen it. Like, I really was not expecting you to say, oh, I haven't seen it. When I said, yeah, that's old girl from the entire history of you. I thought you were going to go, oh. So, like, I'm actually a little bit out of sorts right now. Sorry. My favorite episode of Black Mirror that I have watched is, and I don't know the titles. Okay, I can tell you. Is the one with the the two women who are friends. And essentially, you know, spoiler alert. Oh, Sam, uh, Pin, uh, Sam Pinero. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's, that's my favorite one. That's a good one. Like, like I, I, I'm a sentimental sucker. So I was about really to say that's 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 an episode of Black Mirror that everyone is sort of suspicious of because it has a happy ending. I know, it does. which it doesn't seem right. But but when you think about it, is it really a happy ending? I Absolutely. mean, they're basically on a computer chip. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's actually the ending of of Star Trek: Next Generation when um, they put uh, Moriarty and his lady. In that cube to just live out all these wild right. adventures, right? Right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that one—that's—that's that's my that's favorite one. one. That's, that's my a favorite really good one. one. It's not my—I mean, it's not yeah. obviously not right, your right, favorite, but, but that's a really good one. Yeah, I—I—I I, I, I love that one. And that was the best one of the first season. Mm. The first—that was from the first American season. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It was the first—the first new right stuff. Yeah, I really like that one. So, all right, I, I will check out this. All right. I will check it out. All right. Can we start the show now? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you really did throw me with this. <laughs> I, re- I mean, really? I just assumed that every science fiction fan of a certain level of intellect mm-hmm. and class mm-hmm. and depth frankly, mm-hmm. had at least seen the, the British run of Black Mirror. I haven't seen them Like, all. I really did. Like, 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 like you the type of dude, I just assume. Like, now I feel like, like, have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yes. Are you familiar with Planet of the Apes? Yes. Okay. I, like, I feel like now I need to check things. Once again, to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on GTownRadio.com. And I am joined as always by... Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat 
Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. Go to blacktribbles.com and check out all we do. And to this episode, we are beginning our month of black science fiction. Yes. Dare we call it Afrofuturism? Could we call it Afrofuturism? Why not? Our month of Afrofuturism. Could it coincide with Octavia City? That's going on on Black Tribbles? That's going on. Why not? Is this something maybe we can try and do every year? Well, sure. Can we be adjacent to Octavia City? Can we be Octavia City adjacent? Octavia City adjacent, yes. Like, can we sneak in with (laughs) y'all? Like, if if y'all are the DJ, can the Michelle Mission Afrofuturism Month, can we be like the dude? Carrying the crates. Carrying the crates. (laughs) Yo, man, I'm with the DJ. (laughs) Can we be the dude carrying the crates? Yes. And the speakers. And the speakers. Oh, yeah, easy. Ain't nobody saying nothing about no speakers. <laughs> Carrying a crate of records. All right, you rolling in the speakers. Rolling in the speakers. The speakers got to get inside. All right. All right, so we're rolling in the speakers. So we will begin our month of Afrofuturism with 2011's Attack the Block. Woo! But before we get to that, we... We have some some business. I, I know we have. I know we have some interaction. But, but Lynn, Lynn, we have a special Michelle mission break in. And in breaking news, we have Michelle mission breaking news that Lynn wanted to discuss. Okay, well, hey, I didn't want to get to it right now, but yes, um, it is funny because on uh, on our Facebook group. Someone who was it? I think it was, yeah, Bougie Square Society. Was it Bougie Square Society? Yeah, I saw he had posted a poll. <laughs> he posted. A, he, he he asked. Um, he was listening to the Karen Hunter show, and, and she discussed the blind support that we. I'm assuming black people. I mean, what other we would it be? <laughs> give Tyler Perry because we want a brother to win, and we want to support black businesses. I don't know how much the Filipino community supports Tyler Perry. Man, I mean, I don't enough. know. Fair enough. Maybe they do. Maybe he has a huge Filipino following. You, I don't know. Could be, you know. But I assumed he was talking about black people. I assume so, too. Full disclosure, Bougie Square Society continues. I think that Mr. Perry is a coon and that he <laughs> makes minstrel shows. Oh, my goodness. That's my opinion. That's and so harsh. And now my question to the missionaries is what is Mr. Perry's best movie? To which Savon Johnson wrote, well, I think he's a minstrel show, too. Oh, my goodness. I would have no idea of any titles of his movies, to be honest. I found the Browns on stage funny, though. Far as I get with a title is Medea Does Something. Sabria, Sabria Hafiz wrote that, yeah, there are all morality plays pretty much where loose women are the problem along with unexplained violence and liquor. Never racism. <laughs> Medea's family reunion comes to mind where I enjoy the eye candy of Boris Kojo and okay. sickly had to stomach the shrug to raping children. Yes, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, I was not aware of that. Gun to my head? Gun to my head. I'd probably go with Daddy's Little Girls. That's the um, the one with Idris Elba. Idris Elba. It's, it's one of the few films where you have a few Tyler Perry films. Maybe the only one. I'm, and I'm going to say maybe because I'm not caught up, which will be a perfect segue into mm-hmm. <laughs> your breaking bulletin. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few Tyler Perry films with a female antagonist, right? And I find the the. The, the little girl, and I forget her last, I think her first name is like China, but she plays the younger daughter okay. on um, Black Lightning. 
Oh, okay. She she was a Disney like my my daughter used to like when she was on Disney, and mm-hmm. she has she has a lot of charm. Yeah, and she's like younger in there, isn't she? Like, oh like yeah, the, she's a kid. Yeah, she's a kid. She's like the baby. You know, in there so Daddy's Little Girls is a terrible movie, <laughs> but among all the terrible movies that Tyler Perry makes, mm-hmm. I would choose that as the most interesting. Okay, China, China and McLean. Yeah, China and McLean. Interesting that. little actress. Yeah, interesting little actress. Interesting, even on um, Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah. I think she plays a great teenager. Right on Black Lightning. So, still uh, a terrible movie, though. I'm sure it is. And uh, uh, Gabrielle Union, of course, plays a middle class professional black woman who is stuck up and can't get her life right, and what she needs is a working class man. To get her back in touch with her community, which is another theme that we say. Oh man, talk about themes. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, first of all, to answer the question, I can't name a black light black lightning Tyler Perry movie that I consider his best movie because I've yet to see a Tyler Perry movie that I thought was good. No, 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 no. But one of them is less bad than the others. Again, Daddy's Little Girls is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not as terrible, okay. As um, you you know, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, or either of the Why Did I Get Married, okay, or the Temptation. Single Woman's Club, or Temptation, right? Right. So right. it's terrible, right? It's just not as terrible, okay. Well, I um, all right. Then what is the least terrible of the ones that I've seen? Yes. Well, certainly ain't the piece of shit that I oh. saw this weekend. And oh, which was Tyler Perry's Acrimony, starring Taraji P. Henson. No, starring Academy Award, Award nominated, nominated actress, actress Taraji, Taraji P. Henson. Henson. Um, this <laughs> this is a movie that. That first of all, that I went to because it was a, it was a day of the movies with me and Tawana. Yes, on uh, on Easter. That's what we did. We went oh, to the nice. movie tavern here in Philadelphia. Oh, it's nice. probably one wherever you are, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. You get liquor. Yeah, you get liquor. Did you get and liquor? Get served. Damn, you probably right. should have got liquor. All right. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> copious amounts of yes. liquor. Um, so it was our day of the movies, and she wanted to see because she's a fan, right, of Tyler Perry movies. No, a black man didn't want to go see a Tyler Perry movie, but his lady did, and he went with his lady. Yes, boy, I hope somebody documented this. Mm. Uh, Never heard this story before. So we went to see Tyler Perry's Acrimony, and from <laughs> the from the opening credits, this movie made me angry. Uh uh-uh. uh and I got aggressively more angry with each <laughs> passing moment of this film. By the end, you were like, Lynn smash. <laughs> I what, dude. <laughs> um, first of all, it's, it's a film that's about Taraji P. Henson, yes. who is a good woman. Is she a good Christian woman? No, she's not a Christian, but she's a good woman. Interesting. And it takes, and first of all, it starts with, you know, She's at, uh, she's in court. Okay. And being, um, she's being uh, 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 found guilty and has to go to uh, anger management. Oh, okay. Which is, of course, the setup 
for the flashback as to <laughs> what has taken her into this. So Ooh. already, already we're off to like, oh boy, let the cliches begin. Let the cliches begin. So then we have to flashback, not just a couple of days. No, we have to flashback to college. Right, right, right. Where we find that she is actually a good woman mm-hmm. who um, uh, in college, her mother passes away. Okay. Leaving her $350,000. Oh. 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 Now, the mother, surprisingly, the mother has two other daughters. Did she leave each older daughters? $300,000? Well, we don't know. That's just not, that's irrelevant. Right. But apparently, they, she, they left, her, we know that she left her $350,000. And is this commented on at all? Like, does anyone say this is an extraordinary thing? Is that not extraordinary? It's no. It's just it's what, I mean, not in the circles I travel. Maybe it's what one does. What one does when they die? Okay, all right. They leave three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, all right. Hey, you know, hey, babe. Mind you, do stuff. The funeral must have been taken care of. So that's after funeral. After funeral, three hundred fifty thousand to Tarashi B Henson and the house. And, and the house. And the house. All right. I'll grant. Is, is her father around? No. So it's just the mother? Yes. All right. All right. I'm assuming this isn't the point of the movie. So I'm not going. I'm not, I'm no, not it's going, not the point I'm, of the I'm movie. I'm not going. I'm, and it's okay. not explained. Go ahead. Black so woman. So at, 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 at which this point she meets some dude. Okay. In college. In college. All right. Smooth talking type of brother. He's not even a smooth talking type of brother. He's kind of like a. Like a like a Joe Familiar type of dude. Could okay. it be easily been me or you? Okay. Because he's kind of a little bit of a geek. He's got this fantastic idea of creating this great battery that's going to change the world. Okay. Um, if only he can get his battery in front of this this big time angel investor who spends his whole life like looking for these ideas. Okay, venture capitalist dude. All right. I'm right. with you so far. I'm with you so far, Mr. Perry. Right. Now, so... Of course, he needs money to build his battery. Of course. And his woman, his girl, has $350,000. Now, they're in college? In college. So, these are like 20-year-olds? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm, all right. Sure. Go ahead. So, and then something happens that I can't remember. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling the film for you, ladies and gentlemen, but believe me, this is... This is better than anything you And it's say. for your own good. You this is for your own good. Tyler Perry movie. You so should not. A, this not. Yeah, we have to. This is for you. We have to. Go ahead. You don't have to. All right. So, we do it so you don't have to. All right. So 20-year-old young inventor dude. Yeah. He's in, he's in college with her. Something happens and he's, he, he's going to get kicked out of the college. He's going to get kicked out. Is, all right. Probably made some money stuff. I forget. No, uh, yeah, I forget. Right, I forget exactly what it was. But he's, he's going to get he's going to get kicked, kicked out, out of college. college. Okay. But if he gets get kicked out of college, then he can't continue making his battery. Oh, okay. So he needs the so she kicks facility. out dough. She kicks out dough to keep him in school for so, his final semester. So it is semesters. a money thing, right? All right. And she kicks out dough so that he can continue on with his battery. Okay. At which point, this dude who lives in a trailer that is in the yard of his aunt for for some freaking reason, okay, all right, sure, decides to cheat on her. (laughs) 
As one does. As one does. As one does. When your girl pays your tuition and you living in a trailer in your aunt's backyard. Right. Who hasn't been there? No. All right. So go ahead. So, so he cheats on her. He cheats on her. She catches wind of it. Sidebar. The ladies love a dude who live in trailers in their oh, aunt's yeah. front yard. Can't. I mean, come on. Hmm. <laughs> This is a dream made. So she catches wind of it. She him. catches wind of it. Drives right. over there. All right, trailer is rocking. Don't come and knocking. Right. right. Drives over there with um with his. Uh, oh wait a minute, I forgot about one bit. So you leaving out parts? I forgot about a bit because he she paid for his um paid for his schooling and stuff, but because. He was like has to get back and forth and stuff. She bought him a car. They are twenty. Bought him a Mustang. Do her sisters know all this is going on? Yes. Do they tell her that she's being foolish? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. She called her. All right. Fine. Buys him a car. Catches when that the boy is cheating. Yeah. She goes over there with with her truck and drives her truck into the trailer. Okay. Not once, but twice. Maybe she should have just taken a car. Well, no. She took a brick and smashed it through the window of the car. I mean, that's her car. That wasn't smart. I didn't. I, that's what I thought as well. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. We so, go through it. He right. gets out of the car. He gets out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. The girl that he's with goes running off. He get, hooks up to her and like, baby, baby, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sweet talks her. Boom. They're back together. Okay. No, that's realistic, though. Right. <laughs> that that part is actually realistic. Fair enough. I've seen people come back from worse situations. Fair enough. Fast forward 18 years. <laughs> Nothing of consequence happened in 18 years. Oh, stuff of consequences <laughs> happened in 18 years, Vince. Because for those 18 years, <laughs> she has worked two jobs. Two full-time jobs so that he, despite every once in a while getting an odd job that he can't really keep, can stay at home, continue his education towards, I guess, I'm assuming a master's or whatever, and keep working on and developing this battery that's going to change the world. Why can't he work while he's doing this? That's a good question, Vince. That's a good question that her sisters are asking after 18 years. Mind you, by now they are married. No, I understand that. And I understand, you know, live your dream. But And they're living in her mother's house. Why can't he? Her, okay, so he's not working somewhere. Boy, but but assuming, I'm, I'm assuming that. That she has lost for foreclosure because Wait. they've gone through the $350,000. And then they took out a loan on the house that, of course, they defaulted on. I thought she was working two full-time jobs. She was working two full-time jobs, but, dude, bills and stuff kept stacking the heck up. Is it just the two of them? It's just the two of them. Ain't no kids? No kids. Are there student loans? Well. she paid for his. 
I gotta. Well, I guess there's not student loans because she was paying for it outright. So there's no student loans. I mean, the house is paid for. You but just but, have he, to keep but up he keeps the putting, but he keeps putting having to put money into this battery. Right, go ahead. Yeah, this 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 is yeah. This this sounds like Tyler Perry economics. Go oh, ahead. exactly. Yeah, he don't know how now, money Now this works. is over 18 years. Right, right. And he's not. And he's just you can't he, to a degree. You can't say he's a shiftless brother because he keeps working on this stupid. Right, right. Stupid battery. All right, well, let's fast forward to when he makes it big and breaks up with her. I'm assuming that's what happens. No. Okay. That's not what happens. All right. Got me, Tyler Perry. After a point, he's still trying to meet this angel investor after 18 years. Right. This is still the goal. It's just one dude. That one dude. No, nobody else invests. Nobody else. There's only investor on that's, Earth. That's the only investor All right, on so Earth. All right, so there's one investor. This is okay. one dude. Uh-huh. So 18 years later, he, <laughs> he, he somehow he finds out that just being promoted to like uh, some high-ranking person in this angel investors corporation is this girl Diane that he knows. Is that the girl he slept with in a trailer? Why, Vince? It's almost like you saw the movie. get me in to see this dude now meanwhile the the way you are supposed to like you know the way you people get their stuff in front of this angel investor is like people make videos and stuff and they send it in and stuff like that and he'll he'll choose like one surprise one he like, like a, a howard hughes right dude like like charlie from charlie's angel he has like a lottery that he pulls like do, every year right do they show him like does he they like, eventually show him. all right, all right okay yes. all right Dude has been sending in a video like almost like once a week for 18 years. <laughs> so when girlfriend gets this job oh and he stalks her outside of the company, oh. outside the building, she's already knows what's up with him. Oh. And she's like, yo, you know, you're not supposed to be around here, whatever, whatever. She goes in. But something in her mind clicks and she feels sorry and she pulls back all the 18 years of videos that he sent in. So old boy has seen the videos. He just don't want the battery. Uh, You got to assume that he's seen at least one or two. (laughs) Right. Um, So apparently this is terrible. He talks her into at least have lunch with me. We don't see them have lunch. But what we do find out is because they lost the mortgage on the house, the the two sisters who, with their two husbands, have some kind of delivery uh, company of their own, right? Sure. They've worked out a deal with their number one client that he will front them the money to to keep the house, right, as long as we can pay them back in six six months we'll pay them back in six months by you shiftless brother come work for us for six months just do some deliveries and as long as you're on time with that we'll be good somehow the economics of it worked out that that was going to work out right well of course vince the day that he has to make the big delivery 
that to their biggest client to kick off this deal is the day he's at lunch with old girl. It's not the day that he has is at lunch with old girl, but it's the day that old girl has convinced angel investor that he will see you, but you have to be here in a half an hour. All right, come on. Let's let's. So he is making me tired. So he goes home. Oh, Lord. doesn't go. Doesn't go to his delivery. They find the truck and what's in the truck. Her pocketbook. I mean, her wallet, which fell out of her bag when they apparently went to lunch off camera. Taraji P. Henson comes home with the wallet. She finds... Vince! Vince! Wait a minute, Vince! Wait a minute, Vince! Yes. Wait a minute, Vince! Yes. Yes. She has, he has the meeting with the angel investor. The yes. angel investor looks at all the documents and said, I like this. I like it. So I'm he- going to give you $800,000 giving me the whole thing. <laughs> So he didn't look at it. The videos for the past eighteen years. Well, he never looked at like the the the, the paperwork the that paperwork. goes with it. You know, it was just him. Please, buy my battery. Right. Right. Okay. So now he's looked at it. All he's right. like, I like the concept. I'm gonna give you eight hundred thousand dollars for the whole thing right All now. Right. He says no. Uh oh. Because he's he would be selling out selling his joint off. Right. Right. So he's like, no, I don't. I, you know, I've been working for eighteen years. I'm gonna just sell it out. No. So then he goes home to tell. Her family that is about to lose the house because he didn't make the delivery that I, I, I turned away $800,000. Right. But meanwhile, she's got the pocketbook of girlfriend. She's got the pocketbook So she's girlfriend. like, you need to leave. Yes. I'm done. I want a divorce. Okay. They divorce. And then, wah, 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 wah. About a couple of months later, and... of course, now he's with Diane. And... And Angel Investor Dude says, okay, dude, here you go. $75 million. <laughs> licensing fee. Oh. So you still keep the IP. Oh. I bet Academy Award nominated actress Taraji P. Henson was not happy about this turn of events. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Come on, Lynn, you're killing me. He shows up at her job. After signing the deal for the seventy-five million, right? One of her jobs because she's working two jobs. Yes, <laughs> I'm paying right. attention. He shows up at her job with flowers, yes, and a check for ten million dollars. Okay, because because I made it, so we made it. I know we're divorced, but right, right, right. Boom. Because because the the papers are signed. Like technically, it's I done. Ain't to give you nothing. Done. Right, right. Okay, done. I mean, she could probably take him to court and all that, but sure. That's pretty magnanimous. It's like you've seen the movie, Vince. (laughs) Because now she goes home and she's mad at the sisters for caping up for her about breaking up with dude. Right. Because now he done hit for $75 million. Right. And he gave me a check for $10 million. She caught the vapors. She caught the vapors. So now she's got to show up at his penthouse. The penthouse that he was always promising her. He's in there with the other woman. Of course. And she's in there with a trench coat. And you know what that means. She's butt naked. Yes, sir. All right. So she runs out there embarrassed. And she sees this woman living the life that he promised her, mm. including the boat with the name that he said he was going to name it after her. Mm. Well, she you know what happened to happen after that. Did she blow up the boat? Did she kill him on the boat? She tried. The boat is important, I'm sure. The boat is important. Of course. She finds her way onto the boat. She finds her way into girlfriend's wedding dress. Who am I supposed to be cheering for in this? Thank you, Vince. (laughs) 
this movie. <laughs> you talk about this movie for like twenty minutes. Just, Lord Jesus, Vince, you do not know how much I, I have never wanted to get in front of the mic with you so much <laughs> <laughs> since after I saw this movie. This sounds terrible. Tyler Perry <laughs> is so you. You've said it so many times when we talk about Tyler Perry movies. He is so angry at black women. Yes, that he will. He he, he he's so subversive with his stuff, man. He builds them. Up, he builds this up. He builds this character up. She's a good woman. Does she have a little bit of a temper? Maybe right. But she's a good woman. Right, right. Who this dude totally dogs out of her dough, out of her self-respect and everything. Yes, right. The whole, the, the basically the whole freaking movie, right? And her sisters are like, "Yo, you know, you don't need to be with him. Don't need to be with him. Come on, you know, you can't see what what's happening here. Whatever, whatever, whatever." Until so, eventually, they break up, right? And then you're supposed to believe that this guy is now the most world's charming guy because he comes to her with $10 million. Yes. Did he have to do it? No, he didn't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? But does he really ever own up for his complicitness in the desolation of their marriage? No. No. Because it's all about, hey, I made it, so we made it. Not... You know, I know what I've done for you. This is what you have coming. There's no words or even a show, a hint of feeling about of that, right? Um, he he is now for the rest of the movie the victim because she, the good woman, now has to turn into this butt crazy woman who's drawing X's through the through pictures of his <laughs> of his new girl oh and God. is stalking them going to where her wedding dress is and pouring sulfuric acid on her wedding dress the whole freaking nine man and, and, and very it sounds very soap opera-ish too it's very so but it takes this quick turn so that now she's the scorned woman and and like like the villain of this piece and and him he uh her husband who i believe is named robert in the movie uh and his and his woman are now are now the victims you know what i mean and and the sisters who were only giving her good advice the whole time of the movie they would just like open your eyes to what he was doing what well, he's doing so that dude get a job right and then came with a, a, a situation where, hey, we're going to help you out, get get you out of this bond so we can keep right. mom's house, whatever, whatever, whatever. When she throws down the $10 million and like, I shouldn't have listened to y'all. And then she reads them a little bit about about their husbands. Everybody in the audience is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have just shut up. They should have just shut up. Why should they have shut up? They were saying the right thing the whole time. But Tyler Perry has, has played it so much and flipped it so that not only is um, Taraji P. Henson's character the good woman, now the evil villain, but her sisters, who were doing nothing but ride or die with her, are now just, we're supposed to see them as loudmouth shrews that should have just shut up the whole time. Just because dude came and dropped $10 million on your lap. Ain't all about it, the f- 
fucking money. Oh. It's about showing some type of respect to for for women and his anger at women and the BS that he plays on this character just made me so freaking pissed, man. One because I was sitting there in this movie. It, it, I paid for this freaking movie. You did. Two, because I was sitting there watching this movie. And three, because I was sitting there with a, a packed crowd of people who were falling for this crap. They were falling for this stuff, man. It's so slick and subversive because it plays on uh, like simple, simple emotions that, you know, because it is so soap, uh, soap operic or whatever the freaking word is, you know, you you buy into that, that you you can't see the pattern that is evident in every single solitary one of his movies, including them stupid ass Medea movies where he dresses up as a woman so that he can read everybody in the freaking movie, men and women, without paying any consequences for all the dumb crap that Medea's doing. I can't st- as much as I want to cape up for this dude for what he does for for black actors and and and, and black people in entertainment in front of and behind the camera for being the self-made uh mogul that he is and all of his advances and the can't knock the man's hustle I just cannot stand somebody who gets there by the lowest common denominator and it's just totally twisting and playing with people's emotions. This shit pissed me the fuck off. And I understand I'm going to have to bleep the fuck out of this show. But that's what this movie has done for me, man. It is so... I mean... And the shame of it is... Is that in 2018... Along with Proud Mary... Which was a boring hit movie you have a phenomenal actress in taraji p henson that so far nobody can do nothing with she's trying her heart out in this movie but the script is 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 full of cliches and a stupid ass voiceover that she sounds like she's got one um got a drink in one hand and and the mic in the other as she's reading it because she can't believe she's got to read this crap she's um supported by actors who are barely anything everybody i read um reviews that want to cape up for this guy that plays robert i think his name is lyric hunter or something like that this move oh my god i can't stand this fucking movie this movie pisses me the fuck off that's acrimony in theaters now starring taraji p henson academy award nominated taraji p henson from tyler perry in theaters now and what made it worse Uh-oh. is that after this, yes. it was turn- time to go see my movie for the day. Yes. And we went to go see Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Yeah, 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 yeah. How'd you feel about that? God, that's a boring movie. Really? That's a boring, yes, it's an eye, it's an orgasm for your eyes as you're looking at all the 80s and 90s pop culture stuff. But the, the, well, the, the white 80s and 90s pop culture stuff. Okay, but it's stuff that black people like too. There's a lot yeah. of black people that like Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, no, no, no. and I'm all the. I'm just saying it's, it's almost as if there was no black pop culture in the 80s. Well, 90s. okay, fair enough. You know, fair enough. Good point. Good like point. Run DMC and Michael Jackson and hip hop and. Well, it's mostly, it, but it's mostly the, the pop culture that is that is 
white boys. No, but that is of a fantasy. So it's not really like it's video games, cartoons, comics. So it's not music. I also don't like Lena Waithe's character. That whole deal. Did you see the movie? I read the book. Oh. I read the book and that whole that that whole subplot about the black woman spoiler, black woman pretending to be the white man rubbed me a real wrong way. But they don't speak on that in the movie. She just does it and don't nobody They don't call her dress up. Because because at the end of the day she's she's just being a video ca- a video game right, character. Right. So they don't call her on the race part that's never Because really it's not on. important because it's a bunch of white boys making it. Well, it's but not that's important. That's a whole different thing. It's not important because it would take away from from the important part. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. You, there there you, are other problems. With yeah, there's other problems that. in the movie. Yeah. You right. won't be focused on that all right. at all, all right. in this bore of a movie. All right. So you just didn't have I had a bet. The only good part of my Sunday was that I was spending it with her. Oh, look at any. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. It's the landing. 9.6 all across. Uh oh. The Russian judge gives him an 8.7. Crowd's not happy about that. Still a stellar performance from Lynn Webb. Alright, let's get to our review. Here we go, 2011's Attack the Block. Right now, I feel like going home, locking my door, and playing FIFA. What were Thinking probably aliens. What kind of alien would invade some council estate in South London? I'm just looking for a fight. <laughs> what is that? Sorry about the driving. I'm getting lessons for Christmas. Whoa! 
got no credit. I've got one text left. This is too much madness to explain in one text. You have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. What's wrong with you, man? You got tools. Jesus, he looks about six. I'm nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get off the streets. Back in the block. <laughs> Oi, this is safe. Good luck. 2011's Attack the Block written and directed by Joe Cornish. It follows a gang of tough inner-city kids who try to defend their turf against an invasion of savage alien creatures turning a South London apartment complex into an extra, extraterrestrial war zone. It's a, you know, I think it's fair to say five years, I mean, seven years later, this is a cult classic, perhaps best known for introducing the world to actor John Boyega. Yeah, burr. Also starring Jodie Whittaker, who has come to great prominence in the past year as the first female Doctor Who. Oh, really? Yes, she also starred in my favorite episode of Black Mirror. You don't say. Yes. (laughs) The entire history of you. Something told me you did say at the beginning of the show. This is (laughs) the first of our episodes in our Black Science Fiction Month, our Afro- Afrofuturism Month, and this was the choice of Lynn Webb. What do you have to say about Attack the Block, Mr. Webb? Boy, I needed this after this weekend, man. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I never, I was never so thankful to be watching Attack the Block <laughs> as I was after this weekend of movie watching, man. Lord. Um, this is... Uh, this is just a real fun, inventive film. It's it's relatively low budget. I mean, I think it was made for like eight million pounds. I don't know what that works out to um, in our money, but that's relatively low budget. Mm-hmm, you know absolutely. What I'm um, and it, it and the low budget to a degree does show on the screen you know the aliens for the most part you can tell for the most part they're guys in suits Mm -hmm. but the way that they are so um thoughtfully shot to be like this almost like you know black like ink black thing that just moves around on the screen with these like luminescent rows of teeth you know and no eyes um, is very inventive way of you know taking your low budget and maximizing it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and it comes off as very believable. You 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 buy into it. You you forget about it after you first see it. Um, and things are shot in such a way that it's like it's still kind of interesting how it's all done, you know. Um, the the film is shot in a relatively small location in London. We got you know because this is a British film. Um, 
yet it the world building is 100% there you mm. feel you you feel the neighborhood you you can feel the geography you can feel the 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 people of the neighborhood the the you can almost smell the neighborhood you know mm-hmm. um and you even even though there is definitely the english slang is <laughs> full frontal in this movie you quickly catch on to the rhythms of it right the, the 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 should i say shall i say even the patois of their speech mm-hmm. and you buy into it mm-hmm. you're you're there it, it just it 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 just it, it melts over you that you you just sit there with some popcorn and you were just enjoying everything happening john boyega is absolutely mesmerizing mm-hmm on the screen, you know, if you've just seen him as Finn mm. in the Star Wars movie, where he's good, but he's not asked to do any real heavy lifting mm-hmm. in those movies. Uh, this film, as much as they're, you know, it's a teenage gang and they, everybody gets their moments. He is carrying the the emotional and the the most of the weight in this film, and. It, on very young shoulders and doing it very ably for this to be his film debut. Mm-hmm. You would not know it. Now the all, everybody in this film, they, they got the cast. They're all unknowns, but they, they're all drama students. So they're used to being on the stage They're They've got a certain uh, chemistry and camaraderie between all of them that shows on, on the screen, but you still, you wouldn't know it was the the debut of any of them. These these are some, some, it's just, they feel like a bunch of friends just chilling. It's, it's, it's just effortless in the way that it works. And it's also very, um, cool in the, the twist that it does in that they are decidedly a street gang. They are, crooks they are yeah, hoodlums, oh yeah oh yeah you know what i'm saying yet there is as you find in a lot of these movies some weird code of honor or morality deep down within them mm-hmm. um there is the the switch that you know even though they are thugs they're the saviors of this movie you know um they are the pro decidedly the protagonists in mm-hmm. this film Everybody in this movie, up and down, the entire cast from John Boyega, you pointed out, uh, Jody Whitaker, Alex Ishmael as his friend Pest, who is really cool. Franz Drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Legends, from Legends of, of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Bruh, you need to go back and see somewhere along the line. Well, there was yeah. a disconnect well, because this kid is electrifying yeah, in this oh, movie, oh. and I don't know what happened. Um, but but Simon Howard, Luke Treadway, um, uh, Jermaine Hunter is 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 fantastic in this film. He plays the um, he played Hi Hat, the the drug dealer. Oh yeah, oh it's yeah. Like chasing after him the whole joint. Nick Frost, who yeah. if you've seen any of the Simon Pegg yeah. and. Ed, uh, uh, Edgar Wright movies. He's in this film just lending his special weird blend of comedy that works is letter perfect in this film. Yeah. Um, there is not a bad moment in this film, film and it is and I was iffy last week when I said we were going to review this. 
But in watching this film, I think that this is a black movie Mm -hmm. because while it is directed and written by Joe Cornish and very ably done, I should say, Joe Cornish is known for his writing. He's like Edgar Wright's writing partner in a Mm -hmm. lot of his movies, along with Simon Pegg. This is his directorial debut. Um, And it's it's very well done. And it's very smartly directed and edited from the camera shots all the way to the casting because there's a with the cast of guys is the cast of girls who feel 100 uh, percent uh authentic as well mm-hmm. you know um and they're and how they bounce off one another um but i i think it's a black film because not not just because john boyega is the lead but if you look at this pack of kids the majority of them are black yeah, oh yeah, there are black characters throughout this film. Yeah, and it's never really spoken uh, spoken about in a movie like this. If this was America, they all there would be white and maybe one Asian and a black kid. Right, you know right. what I mean. So the, for them all to be across the diaspora, shown, you know, in this film, speaking their native British British tongue and and doing it very well and and ably. I think say one hundred percent. This is a black film, African American film. No, right, right. But black but film, black, definitely. I agree, and I, just a really cool yeah. movie. I agree with with everything you just said. You know, just a couple of threads to to follow up on. I very much think it was a black film. I think part of my hesitation with British films, you see it bear out a little bit in here because I do think that British films or British culture leans more on class than color true so that that is very true it is a multiracial cast but that cast is all of the same cast yeah like these are all poor kids and if this was made in america i i actually disagree with what you said i think it would be an entirely black cast because Mm. if it was set in the projects like this is a project Right, you know, setting the projects of Chicago, mm-hmm. setting the projects of any major city, and you know, just sort of the you know, there are these wonderful moments where where Jodie Whittaker's character, representing basically the white middle class, says, you know, let's call the police, mm-hmm. and the kids, because they are poor and mostly of color, know that calling the police is not what you do, right? Because that just complicates things even more. I think there's a wonderful moment where where the kids are debating the origin of of the aliens. And at one point, John Boyega says that he thinks the government sent them. Yeah. Because they sent guns and they sent drugs. And they weren't and, killing the black kids. And killing the enough. black kids. So, you know, there's a lot of that sort of the, the repercussions of violence. You know, this. So I thought that was interesting just to have that commentary coming from a black British youth. Right. Some might think that that thinking is an American aesthetic. But right. no, this was a British No, no, no. This, yeah, well. Absolutely. So there's that. I think I, I actually thought I had seen this movie, but I hadn't. Oh, really? I did. not you know, I think just through osmosis. Because I don't know. I think one, I have to question you. You have Vincent. to question my yeah, question. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> my bona fides aren't quite so bona fide. No. But I saw it now, though. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's very much in the tradition of 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 those 80s films like The Goonies. It is, or, isn't it? You, you know, very where, reminiscent where, of it. Where, you know, there are children, mm-hmm. but the stakes 
are high. Very high. You know, and, and you know, I guess a, a more recent parallel would, of course, be Stranger Things. I'm glad you said that. So that, you know, you have this this sense that these kids are able to deal with this extraordinary threat mm-hmm. because of the details of their life. Right. So that we are we are we are ghetto kids and we have these survival skills that we've honed mm-hmm. because we live in this environment. Mm-hmm. So that whether we're talking about an insane drug dealer, whether we're talking about the police, whether we're talking about other people, we're able to kind of navigate navigate and deal with this threat. Yeah. Yeah, I think the you know the two one of the things that you said that frustrated me and actually made me angry as I watched this because again I thought I had seen it and then I hadn't seen it. I like John Boyega, but I ne- I've never really understood why he got the tap. Okay, right. He is amazing in this. Yeah, man. Like he's absolutely yeah because this, am- this is the this the movie that made this him, is right? the, I, well i knew this was a right, movie that right, made right, him right, but right. based on his performance in star wars and you know pacific rim and just here and there i'm like you know he all right right but i never saw what the big deal was and you mm-hmm. know as you mentioned um i just forgot his name it's right in front of me france, france drama right drama who the only reason we know him is because he's in you know one of these disposable cw superhero shows yeah and he's a real dud yeah. Like, he's a real dud on there. I hate to say it. And, you know, John Boyega, frankly, in Star Wars, I've been underwhelmed by his performance as Finn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very desexualized. He's the comic relief. He's just sort of bounces around. Uh, Pacific Rim, the same thing. He's supposed to be the star. But, but again, still very desex, like, very asexual. Very much this sort of traditional use of black male actors in science fiction right you know where we don't want to you know you don't want to trouble the waters too much for the nerds Mm -hmm. to have this black boy right and you know i think it does speak to something that happens Uh, you know i know there there there's been an undercurrent of tension between african-american actors and Afro-British actors about these roles. And, you know, Samuel Jackson famously a couple of years ago talked about Brits coming over here and taking roles. And I know a couple of Afro-British actors have talked about coming over here. And, and you know, in particular, you, you know, Sophie, and I always forget her last name, Onokowo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about the fact that, you know, part of the reason they have to come to the States is, you know, they're only... You, you can't be in a lot of these period pieces. Right. But the irony is when you see these Afro-British actors in British stuff, they're allowed to actually be full-formed human beings. Right. So that whether we're talking about Attack the Block, whether we're talking about chewing gum, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about you know Idris Elba in Luther, uh, in Luther. Whether you're talking about random black actor that shows up in something like Sherlock, or mm. or, or you know, I was talking about the the British series Life on Mars oh, from okay. a few years ago. Because racism works differently in England than it does in the United States, and it, you do have like what what England is much more concerned with in a lot of ways is class mm-hmm. than race. Mm-hmm. When you have black actors in British productions, 
they're people. So that you do get John Boyega, and he smolders. Yeah, man. And he's charismatic, and he's angry, and he's menacing, and he has this full dynamic of a personality that he's not permitted to have. Right. When he's in the United States. Right. So to me that that spoke to me the most about this film. Everything else you said, you know, it's a it's a great little movie. Like it really it is. is. And and it is black science fiction I think for all the reasons we've talked about. It's black science fiction, but it's interesting you pulling like and I totally agree with you the comparison to um the Goonies and stranger things and you know thinking about how much people talk about how stranger things you know heralds the work of stephen king and and uh steven spielberg you know what i mean in in there in the little subtle homages in the film and mm-hmm. just in, just in the very feel of the of the series right right attack the block in an hour in a tight hour and a half yeah is pulls those exact same heartstrings but without maybe without the pandering and i don't think stranger things panders hard right but i think they definitely are pulling tight on those strings it's there yeah, yeah. and and attack the block it's just that it's it's you just get the sense oh this is familiar Yet it still is different and original enough that you know you you completely buy into it. Well, I think what it really comes down to, and when we had that quick back and forth about Ready Player One, I think you, you know, I mean, dude, I, I love every single solitary thing that Stranger Things pays you know homage to from the eighties. I love the Gremlins. I love the Ghoulies. I love the Lost Boys. Like I love all of those films, mm. but there is. And there was very much this overwhelming wave of middle class whiteness to it. Yep. So that I knew that my love for this material, and we've talked about this before, just just sort of it's it's been the ongoing tension until about fifteen minutes ago, being a black nerd, mm-hmm. where this material that you love you had to really exercise your imagination to see yourself in it. Yeah. Because you weren't there. Right. And, and you know, while, while and I've, I've talked about this on the Facebook group, I very much appreciate what the Duffer brothers are doing with Lucas mm-hmm. in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Could they do, what they would I do more if I were in their shoes? Yes, I would, but I'm a black man. I appreciate the efforts that they've made. And I think you take something like Attack the Block and it has the revolutionary idea that poor kids of color can also have adventures. Right. And suddenly this story that is very much, this is a Spielbergian story. You know, you're in a neighborhood and something extraordinary happens. The adults are completely off stage, completely not paying attention, so the kids have to handle it. Like you just described damn near every Steven Spielberg movie from the 80s. Exactly. But these are poor children of color. Yeah. So it it it's a different dynamic. And it was a very cool moment when early on in the film when an alien falls from the sky. And like injures 
uh, John Boyega's character named Moses. Like, can you get a, a blacker name than Moses? Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to have it. You know, just just the bravery, the bravery of right. these kids, and and also the the like, you know, nah, I got your back, dude. I mean, like they they were they were squad, they they, they were, were squad. squad from beginning to end. There's a be- the beautiful scene when um hi hat pulls a gun on Moses mm-hmm. and his crew. And, and understand, this is a crew where I think the oldest person in the crew is 15. It is 15, yeah. They all pull out bats and, yep. and, and and don't back down for a moment. They don't back down while still trying to plead their case. Right. You know, like, yo, we don't have to go here. Listen to me, man. Right. Listen to me. You don't have to go here. But I ain't going to let it go there. Right. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm finna to break your face up with right. this bat. But in the beginning, when, it, when the monster comes down and then goes hiding in this shack, and they all bum rush the monster in this shack, and you see it from a far away shot. Yeah, you just hear the tussling in the in the shack. Yeah, and then it goes quiet, and then from far away, it almost it's it, it could have been the Goonies, it could have been Stand by Me, it could have been Stranger Things. This scene of these kids almost coming out like the like the parade with the with their with their victory. Yeah, you oh know? yeah. It, it it was it was the scene. Is in every little kid's movie. Yeah. Yet it just has a totally different vibe in here, and it felt that much more authentic because of it. Yeah. I re- I, I just I I love that that scene right yeah. there. Yeah. And and it speaks to something you said about how lived in this place feels, mm-hmm. and and the camaraderie among the cast members. Like you said, this is an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Like it, and it's a tight one twenty. Yep. And you know the dynamic between these young men you know the dynamic between the girls there's a great scene with the girls you know you want to talk about the the um shortcomings of the spielberg era movies i'm talking about people of color there are also no women no. you know no girls this is no. very much a no girls club the girls aren't in a lot of this movie but boy do they make it count in the parts that they're yes, in yes they do yes and they, they do very and they much, don't slouch either there are no slouches very much see why why moses and these boys are completely enamored with yeah. these girls. Right, right. You know? When they say they need some place to go, that's their first right. place they We're go going to. to Tia's apartment. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, just, just, a, just a great little movie. And again, if anything, because I always find the, the, the dark, the dark um, lining in every, every silver cloud, <laughs> it just makes me angrier when I see what's being done with John Boyega. That's here true. In the States. And you know, I just saw Pacific Rim Uprising last week. And, and did you did, I've heard not good things about that. It's 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 not as good. It's not as good. You know, so well, my daughter loved it. But I think part of it is it's it was it was a lot shinier. Yeah. Giant but per, but you know, what's relevant to this conversation is that again, you are watching John Boyega in these films being neutered. Yeah. And being rendered non-threatening. Mm-hmm. And it's very much an old model. Like, like I think when we, you know, again, when we're talking about a time when we have Black Panther, when we have Donald Glover in everything, when you have these sort of three-dimensional young black men. And unfortunately, this always has to do with young black men. Mm-hmm. To see them doing John, uh, John Boyega like he's Meshach Taylor. Mm-hmm. From um, 
from designing women. designing women in the 80s is frustrating and disappointing. Yeah. Especially when you know that he has this in him. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you've seen this, you're like, ooh, dude, you know. You, you, you understand taking the Star Wars money. Oh yeah, you absolutely. understand. You understand that, but you would hope that taking the Star Wars money gives you the freedom to, you know, be a little bit more selective in your other choices. Right. Well, I was really disappointed in Pacific Rim. Like I thought, basically what you just said. Like, like you, like you know, if I have to walk around like a eunuch and not touch Mary Sue Ray and, and that, so you know, don't want to upset the forty year old neck beards, mm. you know. But you make that Star Wars money. Like I thought, Pacific Rim was much more of a passion project. But to see him bumbling around in that was actually disappointing. Yeah, man. So. Especially when you see like uh, actors like Daniel Kaluuya, right. uh, Donald Glover, like you said, yeah. and um, oh, I'm drawing my I'm drawing a blank on the guy that start with Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out, uh, Keith. Um, oh, um, and he's in Atlanta too. Latif, uh, Latif, Latif, Latif Stanfield, exactly, exactly. Like, making like, very smart, selective choices about what he's doing, and again. Fully formed choices. Yeah. yeah. Like and some of them don't hit because right. like, he was in Death Note, but, you know, on, on Netflix. But he but he, he shot his shot. Right. And he's the most interesting thing in that movie. And again, there's this bit of danger there. Yeah. You know, there's a bit of danger. And, and why can't you be? Exactly. Like you're man. a young man. Yeah. So. And, and like I said, and like we, we've already pointed out, when you've got the Star Star Wars in the pocket, you're playing with house money now, man. Hey, Just, man. And, uh, this, you, you are in prime position. I'm really curious to see what they do with Donald Glover in Solo. Because I think the, the, the sort of history of Lucasfilms is that they haven't known what to do with people of color generally and black people specifically. Well, it, it, that's the history of Lucasfilm. And unfortunately, that also is a little bit of the history of Ron Howard. And remember, Ron Howard is the person that took over this film. Right. So I'm I'm not that interested in what they're going to do with him. Because I'm, I'm anticipating it just being a little not much. You right. Know? The, to me, to me, this is Donald Glover's um The Force Awakens. This this is this is his John Boega mo- moment. Mm-hmm. Get 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 some money. You know, I'll i I still got Atlanta. Also, also I'm sure it's probably was his dream. I mean who's who didn't have a dream? What what little black boy didn't have a dream to play young Lando Calarician if he got the opportunity? I never had that dream. You never wanted to wear that cape. That was not the cape I wanted to wear. <laughs> I wanted the cow and the cape with yes. Batman. So the, the, he didn't. They know, they know, they know. Well, problematic again. Black <laughs> black people in Star Wars. Uh, well, it's more Billy D. Williams, but but it, I'm I'm curious to see. It'll be interesting. What happens? With It'll be him. interesting. Yeah, I know. But attack the block, man. This is it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie to sit down with your family. Uh, the teenagers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be teenagers, um, and young teenagers. Like, well, like, yeah, I much, think maybe thirteen. Yeah, if your 14. kid, if your kid can handle Gremlins, your kid can handle this. You think the first Gremlins? Oh, I think the first Gremlins gets a little dark. 
It does. Yeah. If your kid can handle gremlins, if your kid can handle uh, the ghoulies. The goonies. The goonies. I'm sorry. If your kid can handle the goonies. I think you can. Your kid can handle attack. LeBron. I was just thinking maybe I, I'm trying to think of some of the language. That's I think the only thing that might. Can, can you tell? Can I mean? Can you? <laughs> well, yeah. somehow it doesn't sound as harsh when with the, and that South London accent. That's true. That's true. Like, oh, he said fuck. Exactly. Oh, oh, fuck off, no. Whoa. I would be curious to try and fo- follow the. Um, the careers of a couple of the other actors in here. Like, we know Franz Drama is on... Uh... And that's a crime. Like you said. Like, Franz Drama in this... Like, it actually took me about 10 minutes to acknowledge that this is the same guy. Same here. Who's the I'm, dope on Legends of Tomorrow. Because I'm looking at the face yeah, and I'm like, I, I, was know, like, I know those he looks. looks like that dopey dude on Legends of Tomorrow, but this kid is absolutely electric. He's electric, and there's a a leafness to his body that is no longer apparent. Well, you know, again, he's very dopey, but in his defense, I think he's not giving much to work. I think CW very, you know, CW falls under that old school practice of we have to neuter men of color. Yeah. Because they did that to him, then they did that. Isn't a kid flash on there now? Yeah, looks very kind of dopey. Yeah, real dopey. Kind of dopey. Don't want to threaten a fifty. I'm saying forty. Don't want to threaten fifty year old neckbeards with a man of color. Is there any good looking black guys in the CW universe? I guess there's Black Lightning. In my defense, I don't really watch them. I, I just, I've stopped. I just watching see them the all. commercials as I'm fast forwarding through them to watch Black Lightning, which is a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah, because they, what, you know, Diggle, Dig, yeah, he he annoys me. Dig, you know, but he annoys me. Yeah, yeah, shame. But whatever. Attack the block. Go Attack get some popcorn. Block. Yeah, sit down. It's good stuff. Watch it's Attack the Block. Good stuff. Um, and uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, shout out to Becky Whitney who let us know that she actually did get her package. Well, good. And she put the pictures up on our Facebook in our and Facebook we group. Thank you and appreciate that. Really dope. And we've had a couple more orders. Awesome. Uh, uh, Lynn Marie has made an order. The awesome. Tozens have All made right. an order. And we sent. And I just got the. Um, I'm still waiting for. I gotta fi- hit them back up because I. I Reached out to Omar Dorsey. I wanted to get his his address because I wanted to send him out. All right, you know, uh, swag and thanks for being on the show. I sent out swag to the Mystics. It came back Dang. as unclaimed freight. Dang. They didn't claim it. They're so busy globe trotting. I know, just you know, jet setting here yeah, and there, there. And everywhere. You know, the, this photo shoot. That movie premiere, yeah. they just you know they lost the ticket. It's like oh well, oh well. Kesara, sara. Whatever will be, will be. But I've talked to uh, Dorian oh, and right. uh, I I put the package back out in the mail today. Awesome. So That's Dorian, cool. it's coming. So stay home for a couple of days. All right. I right, walk the dog. Stay home. Just just let the dog out front. Don't leave. There you go. Don't leave for the next couple of days because it's coming. There you go. All right? All right. All right. 
So what are we going to do next week in our month of Afrofuturism? You know what? I want to revisit a film that I've not seen since it first came out and is probably most famous for um, as a footnote in a much more famous film. Many of you may know that the role of Neo in The Matrix Mm -hmm. was originally offered before Keanu Reeves to Will Smith. Yes, it was. But Will Smith turned down the role. Yes. Because he was making another film. Yes, he was. That film was iRobot. Yes. Next week, in the second week of our Afrofuturism month, let's watch iRobot. Okay. But we also have a special for you, ladies and gentlemen. Because next week, we will be reviewing iRobot for you. But we're doing two shows next week. Oh, my goodness. A double header. Yes, because this weekend, if you're here in the Philadelphia area, we are going to be screening The Wiz at 12 noon for the uh, at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House for their Simone Shiro's uh, group of uh, young ladies that get yeah. there and kind of like cool out and be geeky together. So we're going to screen The Wiz for them and any children that may be in their audience. It's going to be totally free at Malcolm's. And then at 8.30... Did you say what time at noon. was? At noon. Right. That's 12 right. noon this 12 Saturday, noon. April 7th at Amalgam Comics. And then at 8.30 at Amalgam Comics, the Michelle Mission will return for uh, Amalgam After Dark. All right. As we screen Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. Starring Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and a whole cavalcade of stars. Now that'll be... Yeah, it'll be BYOB. Yes, it will. So So you can come and and totally free. And totally free. Totally free. So come out, hang out. Hang out with us. You know. And we will be reviewing that film next week for you as well. So you'll get a twofer. Get a twofer. That's nice. You know? And hey, if you're in Malcolm Comics around 6 o'clock on Saturday, you'll see us because that's where we'll be reviewing it. We will actually be taping it at 6. At 6. You want to watch the... Sausage getting made. Come down to a Malcolm Comics at six o'clock <laughs> on right. uh, on Saturday, April seventh. All right, check us out. It'll be fun. Vince will be signing autographs. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. Somebody told me. Oh lord, I'm not going to. I'll tell you off mic who said oh, this. Lord. But somebody Here told me that they saw us on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh, that's just too much." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, God bless you. God bless you. All right, we gotta get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a whole lot of fun. Um, don't forget to hit us up. You can email us at themichellemission at gmail dot com. Join the Facebook group, The Michelle Mission, where Vince is having a ton of fun with everybody. I just sit in there and check it all out. We didn't even get a chance to look, at, go through everything. <laughs> well, you, you had some. It's like you ever go to church and like sometime an old lady just stands up and says she had a song on her heart. Yes. And then she just starts singing. Mm-hmm. You had a song on your heart. I did. About Acrimony. Mm-hmm. Starring Academy Award nominated actress Taraji P. Henson. They gonna make her give it back if she don't get... <laughs> you know, I actually saw Hidden Figures for the first time a couple of weeks ago. 
Did you enjoy it? It is really good. I mean, I hate to sound like I'm surprised because like everybody said, <laughs> said it's a good movie, but it, it really is. Yeah, I told you, like, it film. really is a good movie, and she's very understated in that. She, film. man. I joke about Academy Award nominated actress Taraji P. Henson because she makes she makes some questionable choices, but she really is a good ass actress. She is, man. Like just you know, mm-hmm. like that old school acting school acting actress. Yeah, yeah, man. I believe Proud Mary was her trying to start a franchise for herself. Sure, and it just didn't work. I think, and she did the best she could with that. She could. I think Acrimony was she signed a deal with Tyler Perry. She had to fulfill. I, I don't even think it's that. We've talked about it. I know you don't want to hear it. I think Taraji P. Henson likes and believes in Tyler Perry. Like I think Tyler Perry called her and said, "I want you to be in this movie," and she said, "It would be my pleasure." I hope that's not the case. Hey, man, people love Tyler Perry. I love Tyler Perry. I think Tyler Perry makes terrible movies. If he I'm, asked you to be in this movie, would you say yes? No. You wouldn't? I would not be. I mean, no. Okay. I, I don't know why I would be in a Tyler Like, well, Who knows why? Yeah. He may ask us to like do like a cameo in this movie. No. No, I'm very, like, I think you make terrible art, but I, th- I think you're a good man. He's like the reverse of, you know, I don't know, Miles Davis. I'm beginning to doubt. That like, I think Miles is. Davis... Makes made beautiful, wonderful art, but I think Miles Davis was a terrible man. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. All right, we gotta get out of here. All right. Um. Well, we said bye. Uh, and the show is available in a truncated version on Saturdays <laughs> at one p.m. I always have to say that, but right. it is decidedly truncated. Right. It's got to fit an hour. Will they? Will they get your? Will, will they get your acrimony review? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't think that. I don't think you're. If you're listening on the oh, radio, you're on the radio, you don't know what you missed. <laughs> That's why you got to listen to the podcast. Go, better go download it. Get the podcast, because boy, you don't want to hear it. Um, but on, if you're listening on the radio, that means you're listening to WPPMLP 106.5 FM Philly Cam People Power Media here in Philadelphia and Camden every Saturday at 1 p.m. All right, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>